Blog Talk Radio. Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is Whistleblowers, and we have with us someone they're going to make a documentary about called The Interrupter, Arlene Mullen. And, <laughs> as many of you are familiar with her, um, we used to do dialysis advocates, but she got so swamped behind those shows. We had to give it up. She didn't have time, and she got grouchy, and I, I just couldn't do grouchy. But anyway, um, we're going to pick up. She's just been working wait. hard. Yeah, I know. See, interrupting. They're going to make a documentary, <laughs> The Interrupter. And, uh, but as you know, if you listen to any of those shows, and I'm sure many of you did, um, we're talking about dialysis patients, what happens to people in dialysis. And of all the things I've dealt with over the years, this absolutely turned my stomach. That people would go into dialysis and someone that was in there, maybe the chair wasn't clean or they tore them up with the needles or they were, you know, abusive to them. If the client, the patient complained, or even if they didn't, that worker could go in and put a complaint in their file. The patient could never see it, never know who complained, and they would eject them from the clinic. Now, you'd think, well, they'll just run across the street and go to another one. Wrong. You can't get in another clinic. So what happens? You have to wait till you're so sick that you have to go to the emergency room to be dialyzed. And many times you're dialyzed by the same nephrologist who owned the clinic that you got thrown out of. But you're worth a lot more money in that emergency room. Unfortunately, many of these people are so sick, so desperately ill by the time they get there, they don't survive. So Arlene has waged a 20-year war fighting these people, fighting this, these ejections and trying to save people's lives. They have formed an association now and bringing this up as a legitimate group. And I'm hoping something that, that will have some force in this situation. This is in talking to these people who were dialysis patients, they've basically been handed a death certificate. And it's just what day, fill in the blank, what day are you going to go? I think this is one of the most disgusting parts of health care or what passes for health care in this country. So I'm going to let Arlene take this over, and that will save her having to interrupt. Um, let her talk and <laughs> introduce her guests. <laughs> and... I'm just gonna sit You're back and every once in a while I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt just for the fun of it. But anyway, with no, anyway, I have Arlene. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. Believe half You're of what well. she said only about the dialysis patients. I have tonight uh. um <laughs> I have tonight um on the show um Clemson Johnson. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. And the um, Bill Summers, 
which is the Chief Operating Officer, and I'm going to let them introduce and tell you a little bit about them. Don't interrupt, Marty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Who's first? You. I'll, I'll I go guess first. Yeah, if you want. Go ahead. I'll be short. Okay. Um, I'm Bill Summers. I, like Arlene says, I'm part of the uh, Dialysis Advocates and Associates, the new new corporation that was formed about, I guess, in July. Um, we're growing. We're bringing in quality people. We're all dedicated to dealing with the areas that Marty just explained to you. Um, I have about a I've had 27 years background in my own business that dealt with uh, employment and workers' comp, those issues, uh, where we help small businesses mainly to do things right in accordance with the law. So we, we handle a lot of compliance with employees. So that's my background. Um, Arlene approached me prior to setting up the new corporation and, and seeing if I would have an interest in it. I had no background in the field at all, but I have a nephew that uh, had a kidney transplant several years ago, and at the time, a friend that was going through it with his daughter as well. Um, so I had an attraction to the industry, but no knowledge. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can, and I feel like I'm making progress. Uh, time will tell, um, but I enjoy it, and I'm really dedicated to it, and we're setting out to build a, a really strong organization with quality people that can really impact the industry. So that's basically it. If anyone has any questions, you know, I'd be glad to answer yes. them. So okay. Clem. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. My name is Clement Johnson. Um, I'm the former NBA basketball player. Uh, Bill and Arlene approached me about joining the organization uh, because of the fact that, like I said, I went through the process with my daughter. Now, she wasn't mistreated or anything, but I could see what was going on with uh, dialysis. I also noticed that, you know, she has an aneurysm in her arm, and, again, that should not have been there. So I've learned several things uh, while joining an organization that mostly, whereas we look at this as a health care field, uh, the people that are actually doing the work on the people uh, actually are, may not be certified. Uh, I've learned that they may watch a film for maybe 30 minutes or so if that long, and then all of a sudden they're giving needles and things, and they say, hey, go to work. So what I'm looking for is to see what we can change to make things uh, more efficient. Uh, I'm looking to see if uh, we can get people to become certified, make sure they understand what they're doing, not that they have just walked off the street and now all of a sudden they have a job and they're now sticking people with needles. I understand the process is very simple, but once again, I just think there's more of a process to it than just sticking needles in people's arms. Uh, I, I, like Bill said, I'm willing to answer any questions I can, uh, but they've already explained the business aspect of it, and I'm just happy to be a part of the organization. Arlene? Oh, now she's not oh, going to talk. Oh, I can talk. Well, you know, one of the I things. Oh, here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead and interrupt, Marty. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's all right. But it, you know, everybody that's listened to me and Arlene on air before know we do this all the time. It wouldn't be our show if we didn't. And uh, she interrupts incessantly, and we just deal with it. But anyway, uh, in this issue, uh, it just, like I say, I was absolutely stunned hearing these people's stories about what had happened to them, how it had happened, and how there was no recourse for them. Um, it, it, Clem, it, you're absolutely right. People are put on these lines, sticking needles in people that have no experience, no actual training, no nothing. Considering what dialysis costs, there's no excuse for anyone not to be well-trained. And this idea of them being able to go into that patient's file and write anything down there that they want to that in the form of a complaint to say they did this, they did that, oh, they were being smart mouth, and to be thrown out of a clinic when this is a life-threatening situation. How do you do that and why? And it's because there's more money at that emergency room. And like I say, this is like handing somebody a death sentence when you throw them out of the clinic. There's nowhere else to go. Arlene, when we talked before, the, all of the clinics were owned only by two nephrologists, weren't they? No, two uh, major comp. There's two major companies oh. which are Fresenius and Davida. We have some okay. other contenders that are. It's like they all have the same rule book. Um, I have yeah. one patient that was terminated. Um, they were questioning the bill. And the patient was terminated, of course, blacklisted. Everyone is blacklisted when this happens because of what they write into the charts. However, um, nobody will pick him up. We had to get a congressional, um, I'm trying to think of the name, a congressional request from a congressman, a U.S. senator, in uh, Tennessee in order those records to a, a court the patients are, uh, cannot get their records, and they cannot see what is written about them and what they are absolutely accused of, which we have had many patients in the past, Marty, as you know, that have been on these shows with their stories. You and I can say something. Um, it's the patients who really are the ones that bring it home because they've lived it. Um, the other one that I have, there's not even a nephrologist. And I'm going to name this company. We had two deaths um, from patients in the past from satellite dialysis of a, uh, dialysis, dialysis healthcare. Now they're going for the third, and this man has done nothing. The other one that we're dealing with right now is... Um, Early, hold up just a minute. Somebody's somebody's got something running in the background that we're picking up on air here. Could you shut it down, please? It's probably cattle man. (laughs) Somebody's somebody's got something running that we can put it on (laughs) you. Sounds cattle man, right? Yeah, it's still there. Cattle man. Okay, there it quit. Sort of. It's. Okay. Well, I think he found the mute button. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. But anyhow, um, it's not the other patient that we have was from Compass Healthcare and uh, mm-hmm. System, 
and this patient was terminated because they questioned the bill and um, what basically had happened after that, we get the termination letter and it's not even a nephrologist. It's a DO, not an MD, a DO. So what does a DO, how are they allowed, that's not a medical doctor, to run a clinic? So this is what we're dealing with. Wow. This is just, Arlene, behind all of this, there had to have been legislation at some time that established this program. Do you know when and what it was? I'm trying hard not to interrupt, Marty. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, This was founded, the Congressional, um, it was passed by Congressional Act in 1972 under the Nixon administration that every patient, jumper, um, every, um, every every citizen of the United States is allowed to have dialysis with Medicare paying for it. No matter okay. if you have insurance or not, your insurance goes first for the first three years, and then it drops to secondary, and then you're covered with the ESRD. If you don't have secondary insurance, then you're on Medicare, Medicaid. Now, this is another okay. problem with that is the fact that patients who are Medicare and Medicaid don't make as much money for the clinics as insurance. So... Right. The um, I think it's Davida um, that had a uh, in a person. They were training their nurses. I've got a, a memo of it that if a patient has stars on their charts and you treat them better than you do the Medicare Medicaid, this is nothing more than for profit to pay the investors oh, wow. themselves, and the patients are the ones that get the leftovers. So. That is basically what is happening. Now let's throw in our self-policing oversight. So no no matter where a patient complains to, be it civil rights, be it your senator, be it your governor, be it the White House, you cannot get out of that circle. So in other words, it'll go to HHS, then it'll go to CMS, then it will go to the oversight that accidentally, I guess, gives it to the clinic with the patient's name and complaint. So nobody ever sees that complaint that can do anything because the industry has the oversight contract from the government. So this is a um, a very hard for a patient to express feelings to have a safety net, there is no safety net for many patients. And I, we get a small percentage of what's out there. The need is much more than what we can even imagine. I know I am swamped. We are swamped with um, determinations, harassment, and intimidation. We had one patient, I think Clem was on the phone with the patient, where he Veterans refused to dialyze him, refused after six days of not being dialyzed. So he's pretty toxic. They just said, we're not going to do you. You need to go home, et cetera. Well, I called risk management, and they were going to get back to me, which they didn't. So um, I, before 
I, when I talked to risk management, I called Colonel Kingsbury of the veterans, and he made a phone call. Clem, do you want to tell the rest of this? Well, uh, you're doing such a great job, but I don't mind speaking uh, because okay. what happened was um, as Arlene was making her phone calls, uh, she uh, I cannot think of the gentleman's name at the moment. I do apologize for that. But Derek. I was speaking with him. Derek, there you go, Derek. And I was trying to calm him down because he was quite nervous because he knew what the end result would be if he didn't get dialyzed. So I just talked to him about, you know, what my daughter had gone through, and uh, and I told him about my career in the NBA, things of this nature, again, just to get his mind off the fact that, hey, right now you're having difficulties. So by the time I got into the important part of my story of, of the NBA, uh, he notified me that, hey, Clem, I thank you for your time, but, hey, do- but uh, again, the doctor and, and others have come into the room and they said they're ready for me now. And he said, I'll get back in touch with you. But he said, at this moment, it looks like everything's going to work out well for me. So I told him congratulations, and we went from there. Well, he also, uh, Colonel Kingsbury, got him into another clinic. So he didn't have to wow. go back to that clinic. So that was nothing short of a miracle. So I think the thing is with any organization, you're only as good as what you can provide to these patients. And we've been fortunate enough to be able to pull names out of a hat and ask for their help. Um, that we had also another patient that was getting harassed. Uh, excuse, and then Arlene, before you move on, ma'am, speak, say something else here. Um, sure. Also, while I was talking to Derek, uh, my daughter, who's gone through the process, um, she works for the VA. And she was informing me that she was totally shocked that the VA would do something of that nature to a veteran because Neela says she holds veterans to a very high esteem, and she thought that all VA clinics did the same. And like I said, we were just totally shocked that this was happening. Clem, I can tell you from the shows I've done with the veterans and talking with them, nothing could be further from the truth because uh, you go to the VA, and it's very politicized. Most of them are so dysfunctional, it's not funny. And many people are denied treatment for all kinds of things uh, just simply because they can. And uh, many of these veterans have suffered terribly because of this. Um, I have no no love or respect for the VA at all. That That's wow. just my opinion. But it doesn't okay. surprise me a bit. Yeah, because that's that's, ahead, that's no, a totally sorry. different picture. Like I say, she works she works uh, in the Central Florida area, and she's telling me no down there they're phenomenal. Uh, like I said, so if you have any vets that you know in the in the area that needs to get um, any kind of service, they, they need to be moving to Florida. Like I say, we've she said that she's spoken to others, and she just knows that again okay. the VAs and VA centers in Florida are just exceptional. At least the ones she's working at. Yeah. Well, I have never um, had a complaint from Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, with um, this one patient, um, I'm trying to think, uh, old age is uh, sitting in. Um, Kettleman, do you have anything to say? Oh, he's on mute. <laughs> is he there? I, I think he's watching You're on TV. mute. Yeah, he's that's who is making all that noise. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, go go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
I've been doing this a long time. I can tell what you're doing by the sound. And, uh, and we've had people do some terrible things on the air. And uh, but uh, we did honestly not to be crass, but one night we had a man fart so bad that it went out over the air. I swear you could smell it. It just and he didn't think anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, damn you fool, you know, it just resonated across that line. And uh, <laughs> what have you been eating? But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? <laughs> He's not talking. Bill's watching me. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm through talking after that comment. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, I, I got good. I'm good. I I'm just listening. You know, we talk about you know Derek quite regularly, and it was a surprising thing. Uh, I guess Arlene say he probably was near death when we got a hold of him, and Clem did an amazing job with him, uh, walking Absolutely. him through everything. And uh, it was a probably, you know open his mind up too and see some of the things firsthand and in such a critical condition as well. I mean, there was no room or time for this guy and uh, it turned out well. Um, Everybody got involved. And that's what it's going to take, Bill. I'm glad to see this, this organization form because for years out there, it's basically been Arlene running like a crazy woman trying to take care of these people, trying to I get care, trying to get crazy. something. To... <laughs> well, there, that's Marty. all right. We accept that. You'd have, to, you'd have to be to keep doing this, just like me in this radio show. You have to be nuts or you wouldn't be doing it. And um, But to see this form and actually become a force, and this is what it needs, it needs all of you behind this to put pressure on the people that can do something about this. Um, because when it was just Arlene by herself, she had a lot of victories, but a lot of tragedies also where you just could not get through the system. You talked about being sent around to different places. Uh, You know, uh, this is this way in every agency, every organization, anytime you get involved in government, you're supposed to be able to go to this agency. And if you have any problems, they say, oh, no, you can't come to us. Go to this one over here, and you go to that one. They say, oh, no, you have to go this over here. And then it goes in this big mm-hmm. circle like a hamster wheel, and you come back where you started. And this well, is all I to keep you. Yes. You're, the you're well trained, we Marty. <laughs> go ahead, Well, the, the thing is, is, you know, like CDC, they say, well, we're going to now um, – and report any infections, and they're going to lose a, a money on each patient that they don't. I said, that's not going to work because they're going to send them to the ER or send them to their doctor, which they have done. But the CDC, I said, well, who enforces this? And she goes, we're not an enforcement agency, so there is a problem. It looks good in black and white. It is not, but no one you know, uh, makes them accountable. I think the thing is that I want to put out there is no matter uh, workers who are doing this are going to be accountable. Doctors who are allowing this will be accountable. Their needs, the patients need to see accountability for the horrors that many of them 
our living. That doesn't mean that every clinic is bad. There's good ones. But I, uh, Marcel, as you know, Marty, has said it's only as good as your zip code. And I think that there's a lot we can do as a society because a lot of the zip codes where people are struggling don't have fresh fruits and vegetables. They eat what they can, you know, what will fill you up. There's a lot to be done here, and I think it's going to take a lot of people. But we do have things and people that we can call on. I started with one patient. Um, I was on a conference call with him with Fresenius. And I asked Reverend Ronald Wright to be on that conference. And this man is the most mellow, gentle soul I have met in a long time. He, the clinic was saying all these things that he was doing wrong that was written up in his chart. And he goes, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That never happened. Reverend Wright, which is another one that's on our, you know, is on the board, turned around. He goes, I don't think you're lying. He goes, they're the liars. This man called me a few weeks ago, and he got a transplant. He was looking at termination. With Reverend Wright, he got a transplant, which is nothing less than a miracle, so if to be an advocate and to be an advocacy like we are now is that we can pull people. We have a lot more resources, plus we have legal um, legal counsel. We have a hodgepodge of different people that can help us with just a phone call. There is never a charge. There has never been a charge for a patient who needs help. And we will continue that. But you guys probably want to talk basketball or something for some of those guys <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> Come on, Clam. I want to see what you did on Chili's show. Uh, no, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to do that. I, 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 I don't think this is the same type of show here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like I said, I'm going to ask any questions. Yeah. Yeah, Arlene, you talked about um, the zip codes, and I learned this from Marcel. Well, Marcel this, Reed, I have to give credit that. for that. Yes. Now be quiet. You're, Just for a minute. Try to put a sock in it. Do I have and, to? Yes. May I see if I come on again? <laughs> you put a sock in it. Um, the biggest indicator of the kind of health care or any health care you're going to get and how long you're going to live is your zip code. And when she Correct. first told me and that. And that's I the Marcel Reed. Yes. That's I Marcel that. Reed that said and that. Yeah. What a suck in it, Arlene. And, um, <laughs> but anyway, in researching this, I came across at the time I was a younger woman. Not much, just a little bit. Um, I was a younger woman, and I lived down here in the south and uh, outside of Atlanta. And I... Ended up in the hospital, and for some reason, they performed a hysterectomy on me, and I didn't know why. And they said, oh, you had some problems, and you know, it was this, and it was that, and it, and it walked away. And I find out, digging through this information, this little piece of information from Marcel, 
that I was caught in a sterilization program across the five southeastern states based on your zip code. Now, I've never been on welfare. I worked, raised my kids, but it was my zip code, and second to that, my income. They didn't want me having any more children. So when I went into the hospital for a abdominal repair surgery, they just went ahead and basically gutted me. And I find out that they did this to almost 4,000 women across the five southeastern states, all of them in what they call gray zones, and these zip codes indicating low income. And, you know, it, this was, I was on that list. I was on that list. Wow. So they do, they do this. And that zip code, watch that zip code. It, it, I recommend to a lot of people, and I don't even mean this as a joke, if you're trying to get any help, you're trying to get anything, Go get you a post office box someplace in an affluent neighborhood and have your mail sent there to a post office box because then they think you live someplace really special and they'll leave you alone. And they'll be a lot more cooperative. But that zip code, boy, will indicate a lot of things. But one of the things I'm hoping to see happen, and, and I think what you and Clem were talking about, this young man, Derek, is you had these other people jump in, Arlene. You had these other people jump in, and this is what we need. This right. bunch run renegade and went under the radar and you know basically you've had no support in what you're doing and they've gotten away with a lot um, and the last they want I, is scrutiny go ahead Arlene well okay <laughs> thank you Marty <laughs> I don't want you to I have a stroke that I, I think in all on it well you interrupted me um, I think that seriously people one person cannot do it by themselves, and I think that I have been fortunate enough to have people either feeling sorry for me because I was way clueless on what I got myself into, but it takes a whole group of people, and I have been able, and I think Chile most, I think, I mean, I could stay here all night and think all the people of the resources that we can pull out of a hat to help somebody. But it really, this organization, Dialysis Advocates and Associates, is going to bring in the coalition that we have been able to get. But I also say with a coalition, I help you, you help me, I'll give you. We all have to work together because there's so many different areas. And if one person would take one thing, it would really, one, one, just one thing that's wrong. And also with the workers, I have to say a lot of workers have come to us and we keep them confidential. That helps clean up this industry because of without them, we wouldn't be as far as we are. So I think I'm excited, um, and that's why I asked Bill, is um, I, can't, I can just get the patients here because I had my health, but now it has to take another form to where the patients need to have a place where they can safely speak out and have change and help with the change. They live it. I haven't lived yeah. it. I know nobody on dialysis, but we all are. I mean, you've helped me. Marcel has helped me. I mean, I could go on with the whole list. 
So mm-hmm. I thank God for Cattleman because I wouldn't have done it if he said no. But it's oh. just choosing people that you trust is mm-hmm. hard to find. Well, it is. Okay, and getting people man. that will actually do anything. Oh, right. Okay. Hello? Hi. Cattleman. Yes, I, I got this mute button figured out. How to use a mute button? Thanks for the opportunity uh-huh. tonight. Yeah. No, Arlene. When I first talked to Arlene, I I really wasn't looking to do anything, and uh, we've known each other for a few years, and we periodically have a conversation about what she did, what I did, and things like that. Um, but once I got involved, my whole you know, philosophy changed. I, I became intense and wanting to know more and fortunate that I sit there with probably the expert in the field anywhere and learn from her. Uh, I don't really get involved in the, the patients that much yet. I'm more organizational at this point, but, you know, I'm totally dedicated and, and uh, Clem and I have been friends for quarter of a century, and he's somebody that I have a great amount of respect for and a uh, good fishing partner, good lunch partner, those kinds of things. We just enjoy each other. Bringing him in here right after his daughter, Caprice, had transplant uh, was very beneficial to all of us that we had you know, a, a person right here that we could relate to. And uh, it's really a it's really a sad situation that's going on out there, and there's it's just across the board. There's so many so many problems that are just being ignored or or you know brought in and, and made things worse. So this is a real cause, and you know, 23 years of experience that Arlene has, you know, that's yeah. that just can't equal anywhere. So I'm proud of this. You know- I'm proud of. What we're doing, Go and ahead. we're going to bring. She's interrupting. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what you. Marty. <laughs> yes. Mute her. Yes. You just mute her. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that'll solve it. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, girl, I owe you twenty dollars. Yeah. Well, you know when I Anyhow, first was hearing about all everything, one of the things that struck me was the the massive number of people who need dialysis. And I'm thinking, why? why? What's going on? And particularly black people. And it seems to be, they seem to be more adversely affected with kidney disease. So I got to digging around. I can't help I do that with everything. And I'm digging and digging. And I find out that vaccines can damage your kidneys and cause you to make, you have dialysis. I found out many medications that are handed out routinely by doctors can severely damage your kidneys. Even Tylenol can damage your kidneys and your liver and cause aneurysms. Have a couple of those. And um, but it's it seems to be what passes for healthcare in this country is not, in my opinion. I'm speaking for myself here. Um, it's basically a money-driven scheme, and they'll poison us, cripple us paralyze us, uh, kill us, all to make a buck. They don't care. I have concluded that after many, many years. They don't care. 
And as long as that money keeps coming in, and it's getting worse as things move along, this dialysis thing I think is like a a flag in all of this. It's like a, a, a siren going off. When you have this many people who have damaged kidneys and they need dialysis and the demand for kidney transplants, something is wrong in the environment. Something is wrong either in the food, in the water, or what you're doing, or a combination of those things. Something well, is wrong, I, and we need to find out what that is. I think that in dialysis, um, people need to watch diabetes. They need to watch their um, diabetes. Their blood pressure will blow out a kidney. Also, the pharmaceutical companies are the ones that also, um, a lot of the pharmaceuticals, because are causing kidney failure. So take those side effects serious, but I think that everybody needs to be educated, and I think that's what Clem wants to do is get, am I right, Clem? I don't want to talk for you. Go ahead. You're doing a great job. Well, let's say you well, want to educate as many people as possibly can. Uh, let me step in for a minute, Arlene, before you cut me off. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's say, uh, what, what I'm trying to do is, again, I, I talk to as many people as I possibly can on this end, and then once we get a formal plan together, I plan to approach the professional uh, organization, the NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, and notify them that, hey, we are here if you, family, friend, neighbor, anybody that you know are going through a situation with dialysis, we're here to help. Because I just don't think the word is out. I have reached enough people at this stage. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Yes, very true. I think think hopefully somewhere in the future you can plan like maybe public events or something to – I know that's kind of difficult to do, and especially with everybody. And please, people, take those stupid masks off. Please take them off. You're driving me nuts. Oh. Anyway, but, yeah. Oh, don't say that. Me, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. Don't say that and, to uh, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's just, you know, we've we've got to make this a public issue, not one that is dealt with as a specialty show or you're you're doing in a in a limited sphere. We've got to get this out and make it news. So we need to figure out how to do that and um, get it in front of people. Uh, get people interested. Uh, I've got some ideas rolling through my head here, but Arlene knows that can rev up and cause an explosion. So I'll have to work all that out. Well, but, no, I'm just um, amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a maid girlfriend. <laughs> well, you can have more than one thought. <laughs> oh, shut up. I tell you the things I put up with. And uh, and normally I'm such a peach. You know I am. And um, but someday I, I'm going to get around you, Mar- uh, Arlene, and I'm going to have me a couple shots of Jack Daniels. Now, I haven't had any in 40, 50 years, but I'm going to get a couple wow. shots and then introduce you to the new Marty. I don't think so. I don't think so. You won't get Eileen to drink. Yeah, yeah. I had to quit drinking because I, I, I just, 
I, I, my sweetness was gone. I don't know how to explain it. But anyway. Um, what? I'd like Can to you run that by me again, Marty? You know I'm a Your peach. Your sweetness you know is I am. gone? Well, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And a lot of gray hair replaced it. But listen, I, I would like to work with all of you about planning on how to publicize this, how to make it um, a, a public a public interest. Because like I say, right now it's operating in a bubble. And um, people don't know about it. The most exposure I think you ever had, Arlene, was when you were doing the shows. And things cranked mm-hmm. up then. But we, and we the need something powered. Yes, the whistleblowers. Yes, whistleblowers. I mean, Marcel Reed. Um, I can't thank her enough. But blowing the whistle in 1998, um, I wasn't recognized as a whistleblower. I mean, I was a whistleblower, but I didn't qualify for anything, which I didn't even know that existed. But as as we all are, that are whistleblowers is. When I went up there, I think it was 2018, and I've met all of you, but it felt to me, because as a whistleblower, you feel so isolated, and you feel um, you are constantly um, told, you know, that woman's crazy, that woman's stupid, that woman has mental problems, she's a orangutan and a bamboo bush, Um you take a lot of bricks, and I think that everybody should go to that whistleblower um, summit because I'll tell you, it really helped me heal. And then when I was allowed to have that, um, we were allowed to have that um, panel, that really, you know, um, yeah, made it go. So I yeah. think it's... Um, it really did help, and it got it out publicly, and for that, I'll always be appreciative. Well, and the summit allows you to network, and you meet so many other people uh, from oh. so many different venues, and then you find out somehow your stories are all intertwined. They all touch on one another yeah. in some way. So, right. you know, maybe this next year, hopefully, we'll be back in D.C., depending on what they do, whether they decide to kill us all or just some of us. Um and get back out there well, you are- and network again. Go ahead. What? No, I I didn't. I said, no, I I just go on, Marty. I'm trying. I'm That's I'm in training. I'm in training. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. Clem, Bill, you see how this yeah. goes? I can't ever have a complete yeah. thought. She breaks right in and then talks to me like I'm crazy. And uh, <laughs> but no, what do you guys think? Of- you know I'm telling the truth. Um, but what do you guys think? About That's your this, truth. You know, a, <laughs> shut, oh, good Lord. Um, I, okay. What do you guys think about going public? You know, like I say, making this a public. How can we do that? How can we do it? I'm game well, for anything. Well, we're doing it right now. Right now we're doing it, but I can't. we can't talk about it. Oh, excuse me. This is coming out. This okay. is coming out. But I can't talk okay. about it. Oh, I see. So you're keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I understand. Uh-huh. I told you the all secret. Right. You forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the secret. Don't play that oh, with me, okay. Marty. But at least we, okay. we need to keep quiet. <laughs> oh, well, I can or do that. It's hard, but I, but I can. 
but I hear from my granddaughter. I, I talk in my sleep. <laughs> Imagine that. Anyway, um, but I, what the other thing I'd like to look at, too, is doing maybe a once-a-month show or maybe every once every six weeks. Have you guys come on, update, uh, talk about whatever you need, whatever you want to do? Well, I think that Plan Man, um, yeah, Cattleman can do it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're the ones who do all the publicity. Oh, I see. You're interrupting, Marty. Oh, no, I was just thinking, and then I wouldn't be interrupted all the time. My God, what would I do? (laughs) Anyway, um, it just, um, you know, I I would really like to help move this along. So whatever I can do to help you, as long as I don't have to work with Arlene. Um, <laughs> you won't have to. No. <laughs> they don't want to work with me either, Marty. They'll be there all by themselves. <laughs> me and Arlene are Marty, actually friends. Marty, we're, we're open to anything. On a suggestion you may have, um, we're, yeah, we're going full force to get this out in the open. Um Again, that's not. We can't talk about everything at this moment, but yes, we're doing things. We'd be we'd be honored to come on the show. I'm sure you know any exposure we can get, we're all for it. So well, how would you like out. to get up? Right, <laughs> see, sorry, Bill. Bill, you're oh, up and running. Um, why don't you let me know when you want your time, and I'll work in. And then once you get things stabilized, you know, then I can put you on regularly, <laughs> so we have a dedicated day without our name. Yeah, we're close. I mean, we'll say close that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're no, so mean. No wonder you're called mean. <laughs> it, that is not true. And, I have uh, never seen you speechless, Marty. Never. Then <laughs> you next will. <laughs> if I am, never. I'm dead. Never. Girl. <laughs> to make sure my hair and makeup looks good, and uh, but um, well, you know, I want to look good when I pass out of here, and um, I want everybody to go, my God, she looks so young. And, uh-huh. <laughs> She's ten thousand years old. Anyway, um, but let's let's do that. Well, let me know when you need time. We'll arrange it, and then once you get things stabilized for you, and you've got your plan in action, then let's plan a regular day. Uh, you know, like say once a month if you need it, uh, twice a month if you if you need it, um, I can work you in. I'll make time for you. So just let me I, know what you I, need. I, but I you won't make time for me, right? That's exactly right. What were you saying, Bill? <laughs> I was saying I think it'd be great to have a, a a ongoing you know commitment to the show and have it regularly scheduled. We know when we. We can come in if we have to come in and fill out, fill in one night. That's great too. We'll always have something oh, to Arlene's talk about. Oh, not doing it. You, you guys are doing it. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Arlene's mm-hmm. not doing it, yeah. Marty. Make a uh-huh. note of that. <laughs> okay, I'll have y'all every night. No, um, what I'll do uh, is we're getting ready to break for the holiday. We. It, this time of year, I, I'll run this week and then break until the first week of January because I get tired of talking and um, sort of. And uh, I'll be planning out the schedule for next year. I've already started booking for January. and um, But let me see what I can do. And I'll set you up 
we'll try it out on a regular day every month, once a month. And you can come in yeah. and update and talk about what you want to. And if that doesn't work, we'll work out something else. And we'll work out I'll think, work with you till we find what does work. It'll work. Okay. All right. Whatever you say. And we perform. But no, we we'll we'll be glad um, to do that. I think great opportunity for us. Okay. And then um I'll see what I can do too about uh, uh getting out to some other radio shows, give you a little more exposure if you want. And um, you know, get you in other places. Uh, a lot of people are folding, so I don't know, you know, um who all's gonna be up and running after the first. But um okay. we'll be here. So but other than that, we're down to about the last ten minutes, so let's get ending comments, statements. Arlene, you go last. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm in a pass. Because I'm going to put her on just as we close. Anyway. Um, so, Bill, why don't you start? And then, Clem, you come in. And then okay. Arlene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess looking at it from our standpoint, we're, again, we're we're building. We We are... Going forward every day, we're, we're attracting more and more quality people into the organization. Um, and really the, the biggest drawback we that I can see from my perspective is, you know, getting known. I mean, we're, we're a small organization now, and it's an organization not many people are aware of. Um, getting us out there, getting our name out there, getting patients to come to us. I've got nothing to lose by coming to us. We're going to fight for them. And it's not going to cost them anything. So exposure is the biggest thing we can come up with. We're going to be have the staff and the people that we need that can go out there and carry the story. And uh, I, I think, you know, honestly, and I think in six months we're going to uh, really have ourselves tuned up to go and operating at full speed. So that's my goal. And I know who's coming in to the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, – there are top quality people in several different fields, so we've got we've wow. got what we need. It's, a, it's just bringing it together okay. and getting it out there, making people aware of it. That's my yeah, story. Yeah, publicity. Yeah. I'll go back. Okay, Clem, why don't you? Guys. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what? We're not Bill said I have to go. Clem. Okay, Clem. Okay. Uh, well, to piggyback off what Bill would say, yes, I, I think word, word of mouth would definitely benefit. Would not uh, think about it. It definitely will benefit us. Uh, like I said, it's a new organization. Uh, he told, as you say, the business itself was just established maybe earlier this year, and I, I only came along maybe a month ago. Uh, I think what we're doing tonight. Uh, I think if you were to uh, get the information for the website, we're still working on it. But again, there's information out there. Uh, if you get information from that website, and if you find other radio hosts that will make a two, three-minute pitch about dialysis and anybody and, and the organization, I think that would definitely be beneficial. Because right now, word of mouth is what's going to carry us. Uh, like I, said, I hate for someone to be out there suffering and not know us. Uh, there was a phrase that I read somewhere that says, "Best to need us and not." I mean, it's best for you. To know us, if you need us, okay. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for right now. Just word of mouth, 
um, so that, again, individuals out there that's that's, uh, going through the difficulties that we can settle for them uh, know how to reach out to us. Okay. Uh, Something you you could do, don't call her up, Clem, not yet. It's like someone in the middle. Um, But... Oh, Marty, wait till I'm going to wait till I'm going to distribute a Jack Daniels in a straw. Okay. (laughs) And uh, but something you could do uh, maybe in your organization is do some PSAs, some public service announcements that I can play on the shows. Uh, You know, so you can get that together in MP3, uh, a minute to a minute and a half long. Uh, Say, you know, advertise your group contact information, you what go. you're working with, you know, important information, and then I can play it, and then I can also um, link up, you've got a, a web page, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm I can link that up on my on PPJ yes. and uh, form it out to some other people, too, and get you linked up on the net, you know, or at least get it started, and um, but yeah, between now and, and in January, if somebody could put together a PSA or maybe a couple of them that we could alternate. Uh, I'll be glad to play them on the shows, you know, lead in or lead out or break or whatever. Okay. And uh, we'll do. But uh, we'll do what we can to to get you out there. Okay, we've got about six minutes left, and guys, I hate to do this, but Arlene, it's your turn. Oh, thank oh. you, Marty. <laughs> um, the website is www.dialysisadvocatesassociates.com. It is a brand new site, um, and I think we're all thrilled about it. It really turned out nice. Um, like I said, there's no charge. You can reach us at info at dialysisadvocatesplural.com or 760-636-6073 is where you can reach us. Okay. I'm done. All right. All right. Oh, thank God. Um, but, yep. So we'll get all that out there to you, too, and I'll be posting that to get the information out. I and mean, I'm thinking of Deidre Gilbertson at National Medical Malpractice. Um, if Maybe we could hook up with her. I don't know. She, boy, that's a go-getter there. Um, but you know, maybe we can help her, have her help us uh, get this thing up and running. I'm sure she'd be interested in it. And boy, she is a powerful voice. That woman is. And um, but I'll see who else I can think of, and we'll get the word out, and we'll start pushing this along. And uh, like I say, if there's anything at all I can do. Uh, to help you, just let me know if yeah, I can. Yeah, let me interrupt. That'll help. Oh, good lord! And um, but you know, I never thought of using that mute button, Bill. I don't know why that never occurred to me. And um, <laughs> or Sorry, I could just accidentally me. disconnect her. <laughs> good. Heaven. I use it all the time. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's me, Mr. Bill. <laughs> Love you, Arlene. Mean it. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> this has been fun, you guys. I think it's been informative, but it's been fun, too. Um, I think a lot of times when we're working on efforts like this, people tend to become, and it, it just is natural, you know, they become modeling and miserable. And I think this was upbeat, and I think... Uh, I think people listening to it, and we've got a good-sized audience, 
Um, I just got a message here from another lady said she was caught in Alabama in that same uh, sterilization thing that I got caught in wants to talk to me. Imagine that. And um, but anyway, uh, and you have to understand at the time they did this, I was 25 years old. 25 years old, and uh, but um, and I, I, you know how bad menopause is. <laughs> Try surgically at news induced at 25. <laughs> it's a real kicker. Jeez. And uh, but <clears throat> anyway, um, and as I always say once in a while, don't trust the government. They lie. They lie about everything all the time. If their mouth's open and sounds coming out, they're lying. Keep that in mind. And, and take those stupid masks off. Uh, no, Lord. keep them on. Seriously, I've seen it up close and personal. It's ugly. Yes, it's really I know. Ugly. But a mask isn't going to help. It, it, it's still going to be ugly. <coughs> you know how no, the mask keeps it in. They, no, it doesn't. They've no. already said that. No, no, no. Where? And the Fake virus. News? It, <laughs> there is no virus. They've admitted that there okay. is no virus. Everyone's allowed and, to have an opinion, you know. We, I know, Arlene, yeah. that's why we let you roll. And, um, right. <laughs> I wear a mask. <laughs> I, I already knew that. And, uh, and as little as you are, you could double and use it as a headscarf. But anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Clem and Bill, and thank, thank you, Marty, for coming. Thank you. And I, yes, and Arlene, I thank you. But my God, you give me a headache. And um, I know. Anyway, we, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> Ask me if I <laughs> love you too. Thanks. Yeah, love uh-huh. you. Night. And yeah, uh, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And as a reminder, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C. And hopefully we'll all be out there this next year uh, because it's it's an experience. It truly is. And the public is cordially invited. There's no charge to attend, but you have to put up with all of us people. And um, anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow night with Jackie Garrett on another Whistleblower Show and then on Friday night, it'll be me and Cause on In the Mix. And we're probably going to revisit the Glory Hogs and Santa Claus again. But we'll talk to you all then. Everybody have a good evening. And thank you again, everyone. And good night. Thank you.